This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. I'd like for you to take God's word. Go with me into the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter uh, number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And we'll read beginning in verse number 1. And I've been preaching recently on uh, the series We Worship Together. And uh, I've been uh, speaking to you about our corporate worship and the elements of that, why it is that we do what we do when we come to meet together, why, why is it that we sing the hymns, why, why do we have times of prayer, and um, what, what makes up uh, the worship service of our church. And we've looked at a number of those, uh, and we've come to Number six, which is preaching. Uh, I've given you assembling. All of these are action verbs. These are things that we do. We come together to worship God. And, and uh, number one, we, we come together and we assemble together as God's people. The word church is, uh, means a called out assembly. And God has called us to assemble together. And by nature of your presence here today, you are expressing your worship to God in assembling together as God's people. Then number two, praying. The Lord Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. And we looked at that topic. And then thirdly, singing. And as we sing the hymns, uh, we do those because God, we sing those because God commands us in his word that we are to be a singing people and our song is to him. Uh, fourthly, giving and uh, our, our, our participation in tithes and offerings. Uh, this is a New Testament uh, principle and truth. And then number five, serving. As we worship God, we serve God. And there are ways that all of us can serve the Lord. Uh, and many are at this moment serving in, in various ways. And then... <coughs> excuse me for this cough, number six, preaching. Preaching is a part of our worship service. And uh, we began looking at that last week. I, I, I'm not going to review it all, but I'm going to read a few of these verses and just review some of it. And then I'm going to give you some very practical steps that I think will help prepare your heart for the preaching of God's Word. And then I hope will help you to be a more active listener to God's Word. And so, uh, let's read it together. 2 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse number 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the Word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come 
when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Uh, Paul writes to Timothy and tells him that in a changing time and in a, a world that is full of iniquity, it is his responsibility as the pastor of the church at Ephesus to preach the word, to preach it, to proclaim it, to deliver it. He tells Timothy in verse number 3 that there's a time coming when they will not endure sound doctrine. We, we live in those days, don't we? When they will not endure sound doctrine. Days where if you believe that God created the heavens and the earth, as the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, if you believe that and you proclaim that, you are outdated. If you believe that, then you are against science. And you are hurting your children by teaching them biblical creation. In fact, not only are you hurting your children, you're hurting your nation, you're hurting its economy, you're hurting its development. These are the things that we're told by the world. If you believe what the Bible says about human sexuality, that God made the male and female, that marriage is between a man and a woman, that all physical interaction, sexual activity, outside of marriage between a man and a woman is a sin. If you believe that, you're outdated and you're intolerant. If, if you believe that a baby conceived in a womb is a living soul with a life, then you're trying to deprive women of their personal rights and rob them of their future. Well, what about the future of that child? You see, the time has come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And on top of that, the time has come when there are people who call themselves preachers, ministers of the gospel. They have, they, they have become willing to capitulate to the culture to make their message more acceptable and palatable so that they can continue to have a congregation so that they can win the approval of people because no one wants to bear the reproach of Christ. And that is the time that has come. That is the time in which we find ourselves living today. And Paul tells Timothy in advance of that time coming and in the midst of being in and living in that time, he has a job to do. He is to preach the word. If this church ever ceases to be a Bible-preaching church, I want to tell you what we'll become. We'll become a social club. but we will not have God's presence and God's power like we have enjoyed in this meeting today. 
And so we must, and I mean we, I'm not just speaking about the pastor. I'm speaking about all of God's people must commit ourselves to Bible preaching. I began to speak to you about this subject last week, and I, as I went through it, I, I, I just want to give you a brief little outline. Maybe that will help you remember it, all right? First of all, we see the priority of preaching. Paul says to Timothy here, preach the word. Preach it. We, 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 we examined the pattern of preaching. That's the second point. The pattern of preaching last week. We went to Nehemiah chapter number 8. I, I just, just want to read that very briefly. <clears throat> when Ezra the scribe came before the people in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 4, the Bible said, And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood. In verse number 5, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed, verse 6, the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Verse 8, So they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. We have the setting here. We have the pattern for Bible preaching Ezra the scribe comes before the people. They're all gathered together, men and women, children, young people, and uh, uh, older people. The whole congregation is gathered together, and Ezra comes before them. He does not come before them with a talk. He comes to them with the Bible, and he opens the Bible, and he reads the Bible, and the people listen to the Bible. And the preacher explains what God has said in the Bible. If you go with me to Deuteronomy, as we, as we see the pattern, the pattern is the preacher preaches the message of the Bible. He reads it, he explains it. That is the responsibility of the preacher. That's the pattern. But then, then we see uh, the purpose of, for the preaching, in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse number 9, uh, the children of Israel are getting ready to go into the land after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And Moses gives to them the law a second time. A new generation has arisen. And in verse number 9, the Bible said, And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests, the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, in the solemnity of the year of release, in the feast of tabernacles, when all Israel has come up to appear before the Lord thy God, in the place which he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Verse 12, Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates that they may hear. We think about the purpose. The purpose is that people might hear what God has said. There are people who have never heard what God has said. And we understand that they cannot hear except there is a preacher, and there will not be a preacher unless one is sent. 
And it is the responsibility of the preacher to proclaim the message so that God's people and those who do not know God may hear. Not only that they might hear, but we see in verse number 12, and that they may learn. That we might hear, that we might learn truths from God's Word. That we might learn things that will help us as men and women, as husbands and wives, as mothers and fathers, as as young people. Things that will help us understand who God is and who we are and how we can find grace and favor in His sight. These are things that we all desperately need to learn. And so he says, I want you to gather the people together that they might hear, that they might learn. That they might learn to fear the Lord your God. He said, I I want them to fear me. I want them to reverence me. I want them to acknowledge me. I am their creator. I am their redeemer. I am their God. Have you acknowledged that? That there's a God in heaven who made you, who loves you, who sent his son to die for you? And if you know him, he is your Lord and your Savior. He is in charge. He sets the agenda for your life. Do you fear him? And then the Bible says, and observe to do. All the words of this law. You know, I I think I've grown up in a generation, and I'm guilty. I've grown up in a generation where we want to talk about the Bible. We, We want to talk about how much we believe the Bible. But I'm not so sure we're committed to doing what the Bible says. I've sat in many services and heard many great sermons and I thought that's the truth and that's what I believe. But I want to tell you the real test of whether or not I believe it's the truth and if I really believe it deep down in my soul is what I do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday again. Because the Lord did not just deliver us His Word so we can say, well, we've got it. We believe it. This is it. He delivered it to us so we could know Him and understand what it is he wants us to do in our short time on this earth. And let me just tell you, our short time on this earth is coming to an end swifter than we all imagine. And one day we're going to stand before that God who loved us, who redeemed us, and we'll give an account to him. You see, we see the purpose of preaching, the purpose of it, that they may hear, that they may learn, that they may fear, that they may do. Let me tell you the product of it. I I gave you some of these the other day, and I won't spend a lot of time reviewing them, but the product is to bring the listener to salvation. The Bible said that God hath chosen the foolishness of preaching to save those who are lost. Paul wrote to Timothy that he had known the Scriptures which were able to make him wise unto salvation. How do I know how to be saved? Well, there's only one way. That's the Bible way. That's the way of Jesus. Jesus and I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man. That's that's pretty exclusive, isn't it? No man. I, I don't see a loophole there. No man 
cometh unto the Father, unto God, but by me. So Bible preaching brings the listener, the unbeliever, to salvation. Bible preaching transforms the believer. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and uh, verse 16, uh, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Hey, time spent in the Bible is time well spent. It's profitable. That the man of God may be perfect, that means complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, he goes on to explain. Everything I need to be the man God made me to be, I am completely furnished by the word of God. And so the Bible preaching transforms the hearts of the believers. And therefore, Paul commands Timothy to preach the Bible. The Bible preaching, as we found in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, edifies the believer and builds up the body. And so we see the product of Bible preaching. I want you to see, lastly here, and I want to concentrate on this this morning, the participants in Bible preaching. The participants, well... The first participant we would naturally think of is the preacher. And we understand the preacher's job. The preacher is to warn, he is to teach, he is to convince, he is to plead, he is to guide, he is to comfort God's people. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I invite you to turn there with me. We're going to find a word to the preacher. We'll make this very short, but I want you to see it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 1. There's a charge here that is given to the preacher of the gospel. And Paul said, therefore seeing in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1, therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. The preacher has to be very careful how he handles the word of God. He cannot mishandle it. He cannot handle it in such a way as to deceive the people. There are many false teachers and preachers in our generation who will tell you that certain things that God has said is unacceptable is acceptable. I want to tell you, God has not changed his outlook or his view or his word. It is settled forever in heaven. The discoveries of science, the uh, new philosophies of the age, the new political movements of our day, uh, those do not impact God and his word at all. He changes not. And so the preacher is not to handle the word of God deceitfully. He's not to handle it in such a way as to uh, receive personal gain or to make it easier for him. He says, I, I, we don't handle the word of God deceitfully. <coughs> Excuse me. Notice verse 2. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. It's our job, the preacher's job, to preach the truth of God's word. Verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them which that are lost, in whom the God of this world 
hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse 5, for we preach not ourselves. We're not preaching our identity, our, our personality, our particular persuasion. We preach not ourselves, but we preach Christ. He's the object, he's the subject of every message. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side yet not distressed. We are perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. Paul said, I have a job. My job is to preach the Bible, not to, handle it, not to handle it deceitfully, not to preach myself. I'm here to preach the message of Christ. I'm here to preach the Word of God. And if I'm not preaching the Word of God, then I need to go sit down and get an honest job. I don't need to stand up here and deceive the people of God and tell them everything's okay. Have it your way. Because the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And so the preacher has a job. He is to be faithful to the message of God's word. He is to be a servant of the Lord and to the people. And his primary service to the people is to preach the truth to them. Irregardless of how it might be received or how he might be received the preacher the Holy Spirit is an active participant <laughs> because as the preacher proclaims the word of God the Holy Spirit must open to us the truth of God's word so that we might receive it when you hear a message and you know it's right and you know it's true and it's speaking to you can I tell you who's doing it? It's not the preacher. It's the Holy Spirit of God. God is blessing His Word and He is driving it home in your heart because He knows what you need. I've had people say, well, preacher, you are preaching to me today. I said, well, uh, I'm glad to hear God speaking to you, but I want you to know I, I don't know anything about your situation and I, I don't have anybody in mind the only person I've got in mind is me because I know how bad I need it. And I will tell you this, I preach more to myself than anybody else. And you know who the biggest critic of my preaching is? Ask my wife, she'll tell you. It isn't her. It's me. I preach in this pulpit and I'm telling you when it's over, sometimes, more times than you can imagine, I'd like to find a backdoor exit and get out of here and crawl under a rock somewhere. That is the vulnerability of the man who is the preacher. That's what that is. Because I understand if the Holy Spirit doesn't do it, it won't get done. 
And there are days when I feel like crawling under a rock and somebody will write me a note or they'll tell me, God really spoke to me. And do you know what God says to me? It doesn't depend on you, it depends on me. And I need that. So we have participants in the sermon, in the preaching. Participants. You know what a participant is? It's an active person. He's involved. That's the preacher. That's the Holy Spirit. Here's the third one. The people. The people. How are you to be active during the sermon? I want to give you some practical suggestions. Can I do that today? I hope you'll write them down. There are eight of them, and I'll, I'll go quickly. You've heard that before, right? Number one, because the listener is ultimately responsible for what he's hearing. He bears responsibility. Number one, to help you to be a more active participant during the preaching of the Word of God. Number one, Prepare your heart and mind to receive God's word. Come prepared. How often do we just get up, do what we got to do, and just rush out the door without any contemplation, without any consideration of where it is we're going and who it is, who it is rather that we're going to meet with. We're going to meet with God. I love the, the, the byline, the, the, the motto that, that I imagine Brother Voss had as a pastor, Tabernacle Baptist Church, a place where people meet with God. That's what a tabernacle is. It's a place where people meet with God. We are the body of Christ. We come together and God meets with us irregardless of the the, the, the geographical location, God's presence is with us. We're coming to meet with God. We're coming to worship God. He's worthy of our worship. Should we not come with a prepared heart? Plan ahead. Saturday night at 11.30 is not a good time to remember you got church tomorrow. Get physical rest. Prepare your heart and mind to receive what God has. We've got five children. <laughs> it's not easy to get five kids ready. You ought to see me trying to get to the shower, get my teeth brushed, get my clothes. I've got innumerable amount of girls in my bathroom. Why they have to come to mine, I don't know, but they do. And you'd think we were at beauty school here. We got curling irons and flattening irons and hairspray and all the stuff that I'm never going to ever need in my bathroom. And then the one day a week my kids want to eat breakfast is on Sunday. When we're saying go to the car, they're looking through the cereal rack. You know? You got you to plan, don't you? You got to prepare. 
What's the biggest problem we have on Sunday? What am I going to wear today? Plan. Give this some thought. If you're going to watch the Tar Heels play, you're going to find your powder blue, sky blue, whatever it is, that awful color that y'all like. You're going to find, you're going to find your shirt, you're going to lay it out, and you're going, to, you're going to plan your day. Hey, we give so little thought to coming to God's house. Prepare your heart and mind to receive God's word. Number two, come with an expectancy that God will speak to you and others. Oh, what's going to happen at church now? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're going to sing a couple songs. I'm going to see my friends. Then we're going to go, you know, after the sermon's over, we're going to eat. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you, that is indicative of the spirit of this age. And we got it. We need to come expecting to meet with God and come expecting God to speak to us. I need something from the Lord, don't you? Come with an expectancy that God will speak to you and to others. Number three, pray. Pray. Pray that God would use the preacher. You've been here long enough to know I need all the help I can get. I need God to intervene. Pray that God would use me. Pray that God would speak to you. Pray that God would speak to you. Pray that God would speak to others. Pray that God would speak to others. While the preacher's preaching, before the preacher preaches, be a person who is in prayer. Pray that God would accomplish His purpose. You know, God has a purpose for every person that's here this morning. And He has a reason for you to hear this message. He has a reason for every one of you to hear. Would you pray that God's will would be done, His purpose would be accomplished? And you know the confidence the preacher takes? The, the promise that God gives that His word will not return void, but accomplish the thing whereto He sent it. Number four. Read the scripture and follow along with the preacher. Not everybody in Nehemiah's day had the Old Testament book of the law that they could open up and read along. But you do. If you don't have a Bible today, there's somebody next to you has one. There's one in the pew that you could use. And if you really want a Bible and you don't have one, we'll make sure you get one before the week's over. Bibles are readily available to us. When we come to the Word of God together, then if we're going to be engaged, if God is going to speak to us, then we have to be actively involved in this. I, I don't understand how you can just sit there with your Bible closed and your, your, your mobile device in your hand and expect God's going to speak to you. I, I, I don't understand that. Open the Bible. Read it along with the preacher. Follow what he's saying. Now, you know, some preachers are hard to follow. I understand that. And, and primarily here what we do and our staff does and 
And I try to do by the help of the grace of God is to proclaim to you the message and, and lay it out for you and show you what God has said and help you understand that I'm connecting the thoughts that I'm delivering to you directly from Scripture. That they're not my thoughts, they're God's. And so follow along. Number five. Write things down as God speaks to you. Brother Paulie mentioned the other day, I don't know if it was here or at, at Emmanuel, that oftentimes he can't remember what he's preached the day after he preaches it. I want you to know I'm the same way. And I'm the guy who preached it. What would you preach on? I don't know. But if I've got a notebook with some notes in it, which I do, then I can review it. And you know, there's something about writing it down, isn't there? When I went to college at the University of Tennessee, I got tested. Essay tests, everybody's favorite. But I loved them. Because to me, they really measured whether or not you comprehended the material. Not if you got a few random facts, but if you comprehended the material. And I, I noticed that when I went to class, if I was going to get it, I had to write down what the professor was saying. I had to take notes. Because he was going to test me over that. And I want you to know that God wants us to observe everything that he said to us in his word. And unless we're willing to go to class and write some things down, we're not going to be ready for the test. The tests of life that unexpectedly come to us. And when those tests come... I might be able to refer back to how God has spoken to me in a Bible message when I've written it down and say, here's the truth that I need. And so if we write things down, we'll, they'll, they'll be embedded more into our mind and our memory. There are certain sermons that I, I can remember every point of them. I, I, can, I, can, I can tell you about the atmosphere of the auditorium and the Spirit, I remember when God spoke to me. And listen, it's a wonderful thing. It's a glorious thing when God speaks to us. I don't think it's too much to ask that we write it down when God speaks to us. It'll help you. It'll help you. And I want to help you. Number six. When God speaks through the preaching of His Word, respond to Him. Respond to Him. Don't ever become insensitive and indifferent and apathetic to God's Word. It's not about the preacher. Remove my personality from it. It's not about somebody else in the pew. Well, if I went forward, they would think this. Who cares what they would think? Do you know the fact that you care reveals the pride and sin of your own heart? If God speaks, respond. You ever talk to your kids and they just sit there? How do you handle it? Oh, it's no big deal. No. Are you listening to me? You know, and 
I can't hear like I used to. And most young people mumble. So now they just say, you can't hear me. I answered you, but you didn't hear me. I answered, but you didn't hear me. It's really frustrating when you're speaking to people and they won't answer you. Uh, this college group we have in our Sunday school class, we're around a table and I'll ask questions and everybody sit there. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking on you guys, aren't I? We're afraid to say the wrong thing. When God speaks, we respond. Or why else should he speak? When God speaks to you through the preaching of his word, respond to God. Respond in obedience to him. Say yes to the Lord. As you're writing some things down, write out some things that need to change in your life. Maybe there's some sin you need to confess. Maybe there's grace that you need to help. And, and there's some things that you're not doing that you need to do. Write it down when God speaks to you and respond to him. And there's only one response that is proper. Do you know what that response is? It's just yes. So determine before the message ever starts that you're going to do what God told you to do. And I want to tell you, you'll be amazed at how God will speak to you. Number seven, review what God has said. If God speaks to me, then I, I need to make sure I keep that and, and during my devotions, during the week, or at times in my life, I, I, I need to make sure that I have that somewhere and I can review that. I, 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 can, I can allow that to just become more than a, a moment for me where God spoke to me. I, I can make it a, a, a lasting message that God uses in my life. We have a, a man in our church, he told me, he says, Pastor, every sermon you've preached... I've got, on, I've got a sheet of notes, and I file them by book of the Bible, and I've got them. You know what that man has? He has the ability to go back and review things and look again where God spoke to him, and those things are fresh and new for him. I would encourage you to do something very similar. Remember, the preacher's preaching. The Holy Spirit is working. And the people are listening, learning, fearing, and they're to do. Let me give you the last one. Rehearse it to others. Are you a dead end for the truth? Paul said, the same which you have heard among me, uh, the same that you've heard of me among many witnesses, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to do what, church? Teach others also. Well, I'm glad I got it. Well, I'm glad you got it too. But let me help you understand something. It's not just your responsibility to get it. It's your responsibility to teach it. You got little ones at home? Who's going to teach them? 
I'm going to tell you who's primarily in charge of that responsibility, mom and dad. You got lost neighbors in your neighborhood? Who's going to tell them? Well, if I could get the pastor over. No, you've got to tell them. You got lost co-workers, people you know going through great trials, maybe discouraged Christians at the workplace. How are they going to be encouraged? I'm going to tell you how. You can tell them what God is saying to you. I was going through this trial and God spoke to me through his word and let me share it with you because you're going through a similar trial. I had an illness and I was really nervous about it but God spoke to me in this message about casting all my care upon him knowing that he cared for me and I want you to know that was a blessing to me and I want it to be a blessing to you. You know what that is? That's rehearsing what God said to you. They say in the days of Charles Haddon Spurgeon when he was a pastor of the Metropolitan Tabernacle, you had to have a ticket to get in. Not one that you bought, one that they gave you. Because people were thronging the place trying to get in. Do you know that uh, they tell us that it wasn't the fact that they all uh, wanted to come and hear Spurgeon, although they did want to come and hear him. It's not that they heard him and that's what drew him. What happened is, the people would take the messages that, Sir, that Spurgeon preached. They would take those messages out in printed form and give them to other people. And they would read them. And when they read them, God spoke to them. And they had a hunger and a thirst to come. And that's why the place was filled. It wasn't Spurgeon who did the work although he preached the message. It was the people who went out and said, God spoke to me. You see, this whole preaching thing, it's not a spectator sport. Well, I hope the preacher's got a good one today. <laughs> well, you're going to be sorely disappointed most of the time. I hope he tells a, a really amusing story. If you figured out I'm not a good storyteller. I hope he's got some really funny jokes. <laughs> the only thing this preacher has to offer you is what the Bible says. And if you're going to get it, then you've got a part to play. And I want to help you get more of the preaching of the Word of God and put it into practice in your life. Brethren, we've met to worship. And part of that is the preaching of the Word of God. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.